to the board game community show. I'm your host, Riley Stark. Join me as I get to know folks in this community. They could be designers or streamers, podcasters, YouTubers, publishers, whatever. Really anything with a nerd at the end of its title is welcome here on the board game community show. Show, show. Welcome back to the Board Game Community Show. It has been a good long while, and I am sorry for that. I originally was planning on doing this special 100th episode, which we are still doing, though it is way later. But Kimmy and I both kind of bounced between being sick or busy or out of town for a reason that we'll talk about later and that kind of stuff. And so finally, today the day that we're recording this, it's my birthday. And I was like, that sounds like a fun birthday present to me. So here we are back at it again. And when I say we, I guess I should introduce my lovely wife, Kimberly. Kimmy, I I did it again. This is our second. (laughs) And I said, Kimberly, but the internet crapped out on us like five minutes into recording and we lost everything. So it's cursed, like returning is cursed. But anyways, hi, Kimmy. Hi. I like how you introduced me, but then continued to talk. Yeah. <laughs> I am so good at this, right? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Definitely it's not rusty. to be here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it, well, it's good to have you. It, as it should be. <laughs> how, how are you doing? I'm okay. I'm good. good. We went and saw the Dungeons and Dragons movies today. Ate some good popcorn. Too much junk food, spoiled lunch, because we went and saw it like 10 o'clock in the morning. And yeah, I ate way too much popcorn and and uh, candy and could not eat lunch after. So whatever, we'll do something fun for dinner. This is definitely good podcast stuff, right? This is so good. Like I would listen to this on repeat. I don't think you would. I think I would. Hmm, Okay. It's not crime junkies, so. (laughs) What I wanted to do for the big episode 100 was talk about the event that we went to. And at the time, right, that was like a week from I knew that it would be delayed a little bit. We went to SaltCon at the beginning of March, first weekend in March, and it was a lot of fun, right? It was really fun. I had that Friday off, so we were able to go on Thursday, Thursday through Sunday. Yeah, we got a hotel. Yeah, we were fancy. Fancy. And then we could just walk there. Like the hotel was within walking distance. And even though there was a little bit of snow on the ground, it didn't snow too much while we were there. It's just a little no. chilly walk over there. Not bad. It was great. Yeah. Got some good food while we were there. Got to hang out with lots of cool people, meet new people. So we're going to talk about all of that awesome stuff in, I mean, now-ish, right? Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I thought in my head like we were having a conversation, but I realized like I need to say it. Yeah, this is an audio podcast, so (laughs) people don't get to see our faces. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. I feel like we talked about some other things in our first recording, and now I don't really remember exactly what we talked about. I guess people just miss out on it. Yeah, we can just bring it up as we go. Probably it'll probably come up. So, well, you know, like this is our third time going to SaltCon. And this was our first time staying the night there. Normally we go and we head up Friday after your work's done. And then we'll, we drive home and back and home and back. And this time we decided to stay because you had the Friday off. And because last year there was this huge snowstorm on the Saturday night. And we had to drive home in that. And it's, it was like a 45, 50 minute drive normally. But with that snowstorm, it took us like an hour and a half, something like that, two hours to get home because we were just like crawling on the freeway. It was crazy. It was so scary. And then we like it, the weather was so bad that we couldn't go on Sunday. So yeah. like, we missed out. Yeah, exactly. So we were just like, let's just let's just stay there. That'll be easier. Then we don't have to worry about all that and spend all that gas money and whatnot. So, yeah, totally worth it. Would you do that again? I would. I like being close by and because we played late into the night and it was nice to just like walk and then go to bed instead of driving 50 minutes. Oh, well, I guess let's just kind of get into it, right? Let's do it. You uh, our first try at this, our first go, you brought up something. And do you want to bring it up again? So at SaltCon, they have I don't know if it's unique. They have a game library, which is exactly what it sounds like. It's just a room filled with a bunch of different games, and they're all in alphabetical order, like, well, grouped like A's, B's, and so on. And you get to check out one game per badge, and then you bring it back like you would a library book. I love it. We were talking about this before, so it feels weird to like rehash it again. But like, I just, I think it's so great. I think. I mean, sometimes it's not the funnest thing to have to like come back and forth between every game. But I guess if you have a group, you know, you you check out two to four, five games, whatever, amongst all of you. And then you don't necessarily have to go back. But also then you're checking in those games. So then they're available. Right. Because there were there were games that we wanted to play and we would go and we would see them. But then we we're like, well, we're going to play this game first. And then we would come back and then that game would be checked out. Right. Yeah. And they also have like a popular game section. What's popular right then and there. It's fun to like see what people are liking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think it's great. It's a great system. I'm sure that almost all of the board game conventions have that. But this is the only one that I've been to other than Protocon, which is for playtesting board games, which is also fun to play games that are going to be coming out in the future and see what people are working on and whatnot. So, yeah, there we go. Games library. Yay. Yay. We're going to go through this by day. We headed up Thursday. We did get up there a little bit later, right? So we left from my work and then we got, we ate dinner. Oh, and yeah. And then we went. I mean, there was like lots of things, right? I had to go and sign for our taxes. I had to go pick up a prescription that was like, we lucked into that. I mean, side thing, right? Is that I was out of my ADHD meds and literally the only place I could get it was like right by the convention center. So I was like, whoa, that's fortuitous. So ended up doing that. And then we were like, well, let's get checked in. And then, okay, let's go do dinner and all this stuff, right? Just one thing after the other. Yeah. So. After all that, then we went to the convention, finally. And I don't really remember what we did at the convention 
before playing a game? We went through, no, maybe that was the second day. All the, like the, it's not a market, but it feels like a market. What? Oh, yeah, that was the first day. No, that was the first day. Yeah, so when we got there, right, there's the vendor section. There we go. I totally forgot that. And that took a while because like, there are people from Friend and Foe, Adventure Co. There's like some other podcasters that I've met that podcast. They're like here in Utah, Utah based, I guess is the way to say that, right? And so then we saw them and we chatted for a good little while, met them in person for the first time type thing, and then moved around. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, well, here's, you know, here's uh, Brant and Ammon, uh, who we know from Ammon's doing Gnome Hollow. Brant did Oros. That kind of thing, right? So we, it was just a lot of that stopping, talking to people that we either both of us know or one of us knew. And it took a while. Let's be honest here. Like I knew no one. This was not (laughs) my, not my area. Not true. You know, Brant, we've gamed at his house. Okay. I knew one person. No. And then you knew Z. Okay. I knew two. I knew two people. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly. The vendor section here isn't necessarily huge. It's not like you see pictures of those big board game conventions. This is like a a sizable hall. There was a lot of really cool things in there. But I got my first. I got to pick my first dice. Die? Dice. Dice. Set of dice. Yeah. Set of dice. Yeah. There was a vendor there with some cool dice and it was like buy one get one half off or get one free no it was get one free huh get one free yeah yeah and then later i think he was selling enough that he was like i don't need to discount it that much and then all of a sudden it was like <laughs> buy one get one half off <laughs> so we got a great deal by yeah doing we did it on thursday <laughs> exactly it was like first day right yeah so it was cool. You know, we we got to spin a wheel at one of the booths for a game store and I won some Pokemon cards. I haven't even opened them. It was like a tin, right? One of those like I don't know what you call it. It's just a tin and it had some Pokemon cards in it. Yeah, and I won a card holder kind of thing. Oh yeah, that's right. I was trying to remember what you won. Yeah, that's what it was. Which yeah. is cool. Yeah, yeah. That was nice was nice anything free is nice i think later we did another thing and it was like i got uh this pencil eraser right it was a little frog oh yeah remember that that was like on sunday yeah i feel like you won something better on that time and i can't remember what it was i don't remember (laughs) it was back at the beginning of march forever ago and this is mid april april 18th is the day we're recording this so it's your birthday. A long time ago, exactly. Yeah, this started on March 2nd. So now we've talked about the vendor hall, lots of cool things, right? Game stores, game accessories, TTRPG stuff. That that was the highlight of it. The only game that we played on Thursday was Endless Winter Paleo Americans. And that game, oh, you know what? I've got it pulled up. So let me read who designed it, all that stuff. Designer is Stan Kordonsky. And I'm just going to apologize in advance for any designer or names that I mess up. Uh, the artist, Miachlo Dimitrisvsky and Yoma. And it's by Fantat. Oh my gosh, that one I can actually say Fantasia Games. 
this game came out this no last year 2022 and i was excited to play it worker placement game kimmy you're familiar enough with worker placement games and we played this with sky larson who's the designer of paperback adventures we've become good friends with him and his wife so uh but we'll talk more about that i guess later because she comes to the convention too but it took spoiler alert spoiler i'm so sorry i'll beep (laughs) it out no i won't so yeah endless winter they have so they have this really big that's the largest area in the whole convention center is this very very large gaming area and it's just tables and tables and tables and chairs uh, wall to wall the most of it is for just open gaming you know bring a game go get a game from the library set up and play uh, there are some areas that are like dedicated to tournaments or there are areas that are for hot games. So you can go and you can actually learn hot games at the time. And we didn't know at the time I should have looked before, but Endless Winter was one of those hot games. And so we literally could have just gone and had somebody teach us the game rather than me reading the rule book and trying to learn setup uh, and I think Sky was doing something, but he ended up joining us and like almost right at the end of setup. And I was trying to like literally just about to start going through the how to play stuff. So that was a that was a bit of a slog learning to play this game. It's definitely on the it's a little heavier than I would normally take on at a convention like this. So uh, uh, that, that was probably a bad choice on my part. But the game itself, really fun, right? You're you're playing these Paleo-American civilization, or uh, I think you're going through different ages even. Uh, so you have these different goals that you can get. You, there's a bunch of different uh, worker placement spots that do different things and benefit you in different ways. There's kind of like a almost a polyomino area where you're, what do you call that? Like uh, you get bonuses based on where you're placing your tiles and what you're covering up. I thought there was a lot of really clever stuff to this game a lot of cool layers it felt heavy at first but then once you understand the game it's like oh no this this makes perfect sense uh the production of it is really cool right like they had actual miniatures yeah i thought for some reason i was under the impression that it was vikings and we were traveling somewhere i don't know i guess i didn't quite get the thing but i did like how there were columns that you place your workers on and you slide down the column and you get all those benefits if you can afford them, right? Am I remembering yeah. that correctly? Yep. So you could potentially get like three levels of resources or rewards. Yeah, exactly. And if you were the first one to go there, then you get even more, right? You get a yeah. special bonus. And then you have your uh, your leader, maybe? Is that what it was called? Something like that. Or your tribe uh, power. And that gave you a special bonus if you were the first one. Well, I guess they all did sort of different things. Like, But I think that most of them were like, if you're the first one to take an action on this space, then you get this bonus as yeah. well. Like you wanted to go in certain columns because of your leader or whoever that court card was. Cord. Cord. Yeah. Cord. Exactly. And 
but sometimes you didn't necessarily want to, right? Because yeah. you were like, oh, well, I really need this other benefit. I thought that was clever. I thought that there was a lot of fun, interesting things on this. It was getting a bit late to... Oh, wait, uh, can I say one more thing? No, yeah, go ahead. You can say as much as you want. Okay, I just didn't want to intrude on your show. No, no. Um, I I really liked how you could get cards. Like, what do you call that? Like, what do you like mean? Like how you could add to your deck, right? Oh, yeah, like build your deck. Yeah, I really liked that, how you could... That was a reward, a benefit. Benefit is what you said. Yep. I liked that, too. It was fun, right? You started off with kind of a meh deck. I mean, it was fine. It was functional, right? It was basic, yeah. I think I would enjoy this game better on a second playthrough. However, I feel like there's too much going on all at once because you have your little expansion of your cities as well on the map and you're trying to get in different terrain to get certain bonuses as well as you have like this eagle track. You're building your deck and then you're placing it to get benefits on the little worker placement thing. Like there's a lot and it was a lot for me. Yeah. There was the set collection of the animals, right? Like, Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. And then there were like other goal tiles that you could get that if you meet this condition, then you score extra points. Like it, we didn't finish the game and that that's where I was getting it. I was, I was definitely going to come back around to like oh. your thoughts on certain things. So I wasn't going to skip you on that, but I was talking a lot. So thanks for like jumping in. Yeah. Like we didn't get to the end because it was getting late. It was the first day and it was already getting late, right? Like people had worked or whatever. And it was just, it was a lot. There was a lot going on. So we ended up calling it after the second age or the third age, something like that. There's four ages that we were, you play through. We were really close to finishing ish, but we we were just we were tired. I mean, it probably would have taken us still like a half hour or something more to finish and then maybe another 10, 15 minutes to do all the scoring and stuff. So I was I have a hard time being like, oh, let's stop, especially where the game was actually really fun. And I felt like everybody was getting it like Sky, I thought was doing great. And like, Kimmy, you I was really surprised that like you were picking it up because I thought I was going to have to like help you a lot more with some of the turns. But you were there was plenty of turns you had where you were like, I'm just going to. Yeah, here's what I want to do. And I'm going to do it. Yeah. hmm. I like I didn't get to do everything because there was so much to do. So I, I feel like some aspects of the games I, I didn't really play. Well, I think that's kind of a cool thing with it, right? Is that there's so many different ways to play what's going to be the right way. Or even even better than that is that it's not like you're just picking one of these things to be the best at, but one or two or three things. Like you're trying to balance things, which I thought was really clever, really cool. And I, I enjoyed it a lot. You told me I could buy this game and maybe I'll buy it today. Uh, like we're looking at, you know, buying some games just from birthday type thing. They'll come later than my birthday, but that's fine. Yeah, like you can buy it. I might try it again. I feel like I said like it was a lot, but maybe playing it. I would have to know the rules again because obviously I don't remember all of it. Yeah. And how things work because it was so intricate. But overall, I thought it was a good game. But I thought it was Vikings. So, <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, it does kind of look Viking esque, I guess. But no, they're like, yeah, they look, uh, yeah, it's fine. 
It's I, fine. <laughs> I thought it was Vikings getting ready for the winter. That's what I thought it was. I was like, oh, I'm going to prepare myself. I'm getting ready for the winter. I'm collecting my animals. I'm going to have my meat. Yeah. I think part of me really <laughs> liked it because it was like Native American type stuff, but like paleo Native American almost, right? Like, mm. I, I don't know. It was just, it was really interesting. Not necessarily a theme you see that often, though it does seem in a lot of ways very adjacent to like a Viking setting. So it, it could have easily slipped over that way. Yeah. So there we go. Uh, Endless Winter. So did did you like it? Okay. The art I thought was great too. Like I thought the art, the production of it all was awesome. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I I I would play it again, maybe. Okay. With Fair enough. Help. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> I I probably don't remember how to play it that well, so I would need to uh, to revisit all of that too. So yeah. yeah. I don't want another Takanoko on my hands. Yeah. Yeah. We played Takenoko last night. And the first time we played, she beat me by like, what, 13 points, 17 points. It was something like that. Yeah. And then we played again like a week later and she had forgotten a lot of a lot of the rules and (laughs) misread yellow for green. And in fairness, it was a yellowish green. I a hard disagree (laughs) (laughs) but even so like even with that like it took her a couple of rounds of the game to realize some of these mistakes and even still i only beat you by like three or four points so three points (laughs) three points yeah exactly so it was like i don't stand a chance in the future (laughs) great (laughs) anyways that's not salt con related let's go to the next game yeah Oh, if you could just not, please. I could just stay focused. <laughs> Let's see. Next game. So, oh, that was our Friday, right? Then we walked home and went to no, bed. That was our Thursday. Our Thursday. Thursday night. That yeah. Is a, yeah, that was our Thursday. It seems weird that we were there for four days. So, yeah, it worked out nicely. It did. So, then Friday, we started off with Verdant all by ourselves, right? Yeah, just the two of us. Two. The two of us. Just the two of us. And then we had somebody next to us that knew how to play. Yeah. And they taught us how to play. And it was so nice. Yeah. Like we had just sat down. We found an empty table, sat down, started to open it and look at the rule book. And they're like, oh, have you played this? We literally just played this this morning or something, right? Last night. Yeah. Yeah. And so they were like, well, well, I can teach you how to play pretty quick. It'll take like five minutes. And I was like, oh. I mean, if you're sure, like, great. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind being taught how to play. And they were playing a game that I had played in the past. And I was like, I wish that I could teach you this game. Oh, it was, a, it was Abyss, which I think is a really cool game. But I only played it on BGA. And so I don't know, like, the rules that well. And I was like, oh, man, I, like, sort of know the game you're playing, but I don't know it well enough to teach it. Like, I've only played it online. So, it, but it was nice. What a, like, he was, you know, reading through rules and stuff and, and getting things set up. And while he, he did that, she taught us the game and it was cool. Like, yeah, it was so nice. And she was like, and don't forget this because when I was playing it, I forgot this rule. And like, she was, she was super helpful and super cool. And I was going to say, um, I feel like a lot of people at this convention are, are that way. They're just like open to teaching you and like, they're really kind which I was like nervous about going to a convention because people can be rude sometimes. 
<laughs> but yeah. I feel like for the most part, people are like, yeah, like I'll teach you that. Like I know how to play that. And I think it's really cool. It's a cool community. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously I agree. I have a show called <laughs> the board game community show. Yeah. I agree though. Like everybody's so, so nice there. I know that you, you know, sometimes as a female in the space, you feel like maybe imposter syndrome almost, or like outnumbered or worried that people are going to be staring at you or thinking differently of you, which is all still probably true, sadly. But I feel like the past few years, it's gotten a lot better, though. Like I see more different representation in the community. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Cool. Well, let's go into Verdant. So Verdant is designed by Molly Johnson, Robert Melvin, Aaron Mesburn, Kevin Russ, Sean Stankwich, Stankowich. I feel like I messed that up, but I don't know. And then artist Beth Sobel and published by Flat Out Games. Question. I feel like I've heard Beth Sobel before. You most definitely have because you love a lot of her games with her art, right? Like uh, Cascadia. Okay. She's one of the awesome artists on of Wingspan. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Calico. All those good games. Viticulture. You were literally looking at Arboretum today. Oh, she did that? Yep. I thought the artwork on the box was beautiful. Yeah. See? I mean, she does so much board game art. I I need to like reach out to her sometime and see if she would be down to, you know, come chat on the show. That would be cool. And I would just like be in the room just listening. I mean, you can join. You can co-host with me, babe. I don't know if I could do that. I'd be too, like, nervous. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Uh, yeah, so this game, right? You're, you're, uh, you've, you're collecting houseplants and rooms, right? You're collecting houseplants and putting them in rooms. But, like, how it's laid out, it's next to the room. You're making an array or a grid. There you go. With yeah. rooms of different lightings. So like there's a shady room. There's like, there's a shady room. <laughs> Real there's, <laughs> there's a room like, a, no, it's like the edges, right? There's an edge of the room that's shady. There's another edge of the room that could be like for shady plants and plants that need some sunlight. And then there's just like full sunlight. Yeah. And you gain bonus points if you line up. Like your plant is going to say, whether it needs full sunlight, partial sunlight, or no sunlight, or shaded area. I guess I don't know how you would, you know, do that. Whatever it is, thematically, right? It fits. Uh, a lot of them have, like, more than one, right? So, like, some can be all three. Some can be only one. Some have a mix of two. So, it, it was really clever. I liked that a lot. And I liked that it was, like, you know, you couldn't have two plants next to each other. You couldn't have two rooms next to each other. You had to alternate them because you had to score it that way. The rooms you could get items that you have you can put in and gain an, like a bigger bonus for it if you if match they it. match the color. Right? Yeah, because yeah. the colors are like pink, yellow, and you match the items with the same color, and you get a bonus. Yeah, and the items I guess aren't all items per se, but it could be pets. Exactly. You know, you could have a parrot or a goldfish or whatever. I don't know if a goldfish was actually one. But I'm pretty sure it was. Oh, was it? Okay, yeah. I mean, that sounds right. Dogs, cats, I'm sure, are in there. All sorts of things. I mean, I think there's a cat on the 
on the actual uh, cover. So I'm pretty sure in the picture of the verdant, there is a goldfish in a yellow room. Oh, okay. I thought the game was really interesting when you're setting up because you have to decide if you're going to start with a room or a plant and then build your row or build a column first. Like, cause you're setting up your whole board, right? Kind of. Um, Well, you can go left. You can always like build left or right or up or up and down. But in the end, it has to be what? That's what I was saying. Yeah. But in the end, you can only have it be three tall and five wide. Yeah. You know, where you place that first one later, you can decide if that's going to be the bottom row, middle row, top row, right? Like, Mm -hmm. so I think that all of that kind of works out pretty well. But but yeah, it is an interesting thing too. Like it's an interesting choice to start with. You also get bonus points for having all the different color rooms and different color items. Yep. Right? Yeah. Oh no. Or it was like pets and furniture. Yeah. So there's like some aspects of set collection. So if you have one of each colored room, then you score something. I think it's also if you have the largest rooms of certain ones too, like if you have the largest blue amount, right? Or was that not part of it? I don't remember that, but doesn't mean it's not true. I know it was a month and a half ago. (laughs) (laughs) Could have totally refreshed on this. Hey, it's fine. You know, fake it till you make it type of thing. (laughs) (laughs) But I thought there was a lot of fun, clever things of, so people kind of refer to this as, the third game in a series kind of of if it's that sort uh aesthetic style of calico cascadia and then verdant like a lot of people tie the these three games together and i definitely think there are some aspects it shares but it's different enough that it's you know it's its own thing i have played all three games obviously and i love all three games and i wouldn't see necessarily a connection, I guess. Well, I'll I'll help you out here. We're, I'll refresh your memory. Is it the tiles? Well, I mean, you're placing things, right? You're picking two items from the like uh, the recruitment or the recruiting area. The so you have right like the row of you have the row of rooms, row of items, and then row of plants. And so on your turn, you take one tile which would be an item of some sort right like whether that's going to be a fertilizer water or an item that you'll place like a pet or whatever so you have to take one of those and then you take either the top or the bottom and so i think that's where people draw a lot of similarities to it where you're choosing from a selection of things right like in it's almost like adding a row to cascadia because on cascadia you're choosing an animal and a uh, uh, environment but in this one it's like add in another row below the the animal and then it's like you have to choose an animal and or and either a land tile or a i don't know what else you would have in there <laughs> a monument they announced in it maybe that's part of the expansion who knows uh, they announced that expansion so we'll see what happens there Uh, Yeah, I can see some sort of connection, but I feel like you can do that with any game. You can say, oh, that's like this game and it's not. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I guess I'm just being picky about that. 
yeah. connection. No, totally. <laughs> it's totally valid, too. And I think people do it, too, because it's from Flat Out Games. And I wonder okay. if Flat Out Games sort of set it up that way or like, you know, from the publisher that brought you Calico and Cascadia. Experience Verdance. Take care of your houseplants. Earn points. Grow. Right. And that was one of the fun things, though, is when you would place something next to it. So if you placed your plant uh, next to a sunny spot and it was a sunny plant, then you would get to grow that plant if it matched certain conditions. And so then each plant had a certain number of growth needed for you to score it. And then once you got that far, you could pot the plant and then the potted plants are worth more points at the end of the game. Or no, they're actually worth points at the end of the game. Yeah, I loved that you could actually physically put a pot on the plant. (laughs) I love that idea. And I love that there were like three levels of pots. There were like the scoring the most points. I I think it was two, one, and then just nothing. Something like that. But you place the little tile on top of the original pot so it looks nicer. It's cute. Yeah, I thought that was really cute. Really fun idea to just thematically have something to like mark what that you finished this set, finished this card, uh, and then it fits there and it makes it look like a houseplant. I think it's, yeah, definitely cute. Yeah, I like that. And it's like thematically accurate because you would grow a plant to a certain size and then you would repot it. Like that's what you do. Yeah, absolutely. So Kimmy is the one that won this game. I did? Yeah. Yes. What a perfect (laughs) one to win. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was not that close either. Yeah. It was a 10 point game. Yeah. So you were 81. I was 71. So congrats on that. Thank you. (laughs) Is uh, anything else you want to say about this game? We bought it because I loved it. It just barely came last week. Yeah, so we haven't gotten to play it yet. Yes, since but buying I, it, I really enjoyed it. I like, I love the colors. I love the artwork. I, well done. It was just a really nice game. Bravo! Yeah, beautiful art. Art definitely helps make a game even better. And this is a newer game, right? It, it was on Kickstarter. I debated lo- backing it on Kickstarter, and you know, of course, I wish I had now after the fact. But at the time that it was launching, I think I don't know that I had even played calico and cascadia so i don't think i like if i had played those i probably would have been like yeah i should i should just do this but whatever we have it now (laughs) our next game i am sure that i'm gonna mess this one up and and that game we only played you know it was just the two of us we did say that yeah yeah Yeah. so this next game was called ariel ariel i feel like it's ariel ariel yeah that sounds right and the designer is Nuno Bizarro Sentiero Paulo Soledad, something like that. And then the artist Nuno Sariva, publisher Mebo Games. And I think it's also Pandasaurus Games because it had their old logo. This is from, oh, it's from 2018. That's not even that old. Did- Pandasaurus. Anyways, we don't need to get into that. <laughs> and we played this with Rob Kramer. Rob, you, yeah, you know Rob, right? I know Rob. You know Rob. So, and he's the designer of Grand Carnival, the Grand Carnival. So, 
great Which designer. Which I have yet to play, and I feel like I would enjoy it. I feel like you would too. I I backed the newest one, so nice. Whenever that finishes and arrives, you'll get to play it. Uh, but that's not well. Actually, it's funny. Okay, <laughs> no, that totally fits in here because RAL, like a uh, Grand Carnival, is a polyomino game, and I have played several of Rob's games, and so many of I think every game I've played of his is, has been polyomino. I know that he doesn't only design polyomino games. He did Turbo Drift, which wasn't polyominoes, but Grand Carnival, Critter Grove, Zebra. Zebra or Zebra Stripes. Sorry, Rob, I can't remember. Anyways, lots of cool games from him. And he just loves those polyominoes. And this game is polyominoes. You're doing like this big festival. And so you've got green, yellow, blue, red party goers. And you're building this party and uh, trying not to like, uh, trying not to overcrowd it, trying to fit the attendees of the party in comfortably, right? Yeah, when you finish a row, you get to lift or make your party area bigger so that you can fit more people in there. Which is great because if you think, right, Tetris, and this totally has a Tetris style thing because you have to, I mean, it's Tetris rules. It's this long hallway type thing. And then there's this banner that marks the top. You're putting in your polyominoes and they drop in you're essentially dropping them from the top, right? You have to place them at the bottommost space. And if you're able to, you can move them past other things and then over to the left or right so that it like slides into place. But it has to be able to actually slide there from the top down, which I thought was really fun, really interesting. And then when you fill an entire row completely, you get to pop that banner up, which is kind of the same. It's the equivalent of, making that row disappear in Tetris, right? Like, yeah, you're gaining extra space from it. And um, I can't remember exactly. I think it's when you get three, three touching colors, you get a party goer. Yeah, you get like a special party goer. And then if somebody has the majority, if somebody ends up getting four, then they'll take that special party goer. Like you, you no, get I'm meeples. Talking- oh, you're talking about the meeples. Yeah. How many did you have to group together in order to get that color of meeple? I think it was three. That does sound right. Oh, no, no. I think it was even just two. I think if, yeah, it was, you just had to have two touching, but then you didn't get an extra one for having three. But if you had the largest, then you got this double party goer meeple and you could have that on there. And then if somebody tied you for the largest, you got to keep it. But if somebody passed you, then they would leave your party and go to the other party. And they counted for like two points where the normal meeples only count as one. So yeah, so it was actually, that was really, really interesting because there was a part of you that was like, oh, I definitely want to have the largest red area because then that means I get those double party goers. But if you separate your red area and then do two new red tiles touching each other, then you get a red meeple on those new ones. So I thought there was a lot of really cool, interesting decisions. And you're playing through three different rounds. And at the end of each round, that banner drops down like two spaces or something. So you're getting less space uh, as the game goes on, which is scary too, because you're, you're building up the entire time. Each round, you don't get to clear your board. Yeah. And um, I was remembering that 
there's a spinner. Yes. That you place the cards on. There's only three cards on the spinner and you get to pick from those two of those cards. No, you get um, two actions. I think you get three actions at the beginning, didn't you? Anyway, you spend your actions. I think the first uh, two rounds, you got three actions. And then the last round, you got two actions, maybe. I think it was the opposite. You had to pick at least one card. And then at the end, you had to pick two cards. So yeah, that's what it was. Three actions. The first two rounds, you had to place at least one tile. The last round, you had to place at least two, but you still had three actions. So you could only rotate one time. Which I really liked the rotating the card, the spinner. Yeah. Because then the cards were different orientation for the next player. So you kind of could look at their board and be like, oh, this would really mess them up if they got um, this orientation of the tile. Yeah, exactly. I I really like that. Even though when somebody did it to me, I was obviously upset. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Understandably so. But it was also cool because you got to like, uh, at the end of the round, you would put down the new cards. So if you recruited more than one, you got to choose which spot to put it in. So you could look at somebody's board and be like, oh, this would benefit. This would be used immediately if I put it in this orientation. So instead, I'll put it in this spot. They all have like a dedicated. There's like a corner with a dot on it, and so that corner with the dot has to go on the inside tracker, like the inner part of the the dial. Um, but you know, if you put it on this the top left space and the top right space, they're facing different directions. So that was really fascinating. Yeah, I thought that was a cool feature. And I really wanted the, I think it was four or five cube lengths, the longest tile. I wanted it. And no one would put it on the spinner. Oh, yeah. Because I needed it. And I was getting so frustrated. And then somebody finally put it on there and they put it in the wrong orientation. So I couldn't use it. It was a sad day. I do remember that. Do you want to hear the score for that one? I know it wasn't me. Yeah. So you were 15, <laughs> Rob was 17, I was 18. So all all fairly close there. Yeah. You you got points per meeple. Yeah, exactly. So that, that there we go. All right. That was fun. I liked it. Yeah, I kind of it was kind of uh I liked it, but I kind of spaced it for like I forgot that we played it. Yeah. Yeah, like it I think it was fun. Uh, we we kind of picked it because we were waiting for other people to finish what they were doing. Yeah, it was quick, which I enjoy. I like yes. a fast game. Yeah, exactly. So then next up, we played Space Base. And this one, we had a pretty sizable group to start with. Oh, well, first, I'll just read real quick. John DeClaire was the designer, Chris Walton, the artist, and then uh, AEG, the publisher. So. With that out of the way, we had a pretty sizable group there. We had Rob, and Rob had to leave partway through. Sky played with us. Kimmy was there, of course. And then there was somebody that I have met through Twitter. Uh, It was kind of funny. I'll tell this quick little story uh, because they've become friends. But uh, I don't know, like a couple months ago, somebody just messaged me. And I wasn't following them on Twitter or anything 
it was just like, oh, hey, uh, I, I know you live in Utah and I'm I live here. And they were being real nice. Right. Like, but they didn't have a profile picture. They uh, were, I think, fairly maybe newer or something. And, and I was just like, oh, red flags here. Like, is this person trying to scam me? Oh, no. And so, like, I kind of ignored it for a day or two. And then I was like, you know what? I, I like reread the message and I was like, why not? I'll just talk to them. They seem nice, I think. And so I was like, f- against my better judgment, I was like, sure, I'll be has I'll hesitantly say like, t- engage, you know, we're just talking about board games. So what's the worst that'll happen here? You know, like, I just have an awkward interaction. But it was fun. Like we were talking about favorite games. And they were like, Oh, I like Spirit Island. And I like this and that. And we shared a lot of common games. And he was like, well, we should meet up sometime and play. And I was like, yeah, we could meet up at like, uh, probably like at a game store, you know, like I was thinking of somewhere neutral, <laughs> a public, public space. Place. Yeah, exactly. We, we, Kimmy's listened to a lot of crime junkies. So <laughs> got to protect yourself, got to protect myself. And, uh, and I was like, yeah, yeah, that'd be fine. You know, like, and I, I was genuinely planning on doing it but it's like when exactly that would line up and work with was kind of a different situation so eventually he was like oh are you going to salt con i was like yes i am and i was a little bit nervous there i was like but that's perfect too like i was excited because i was like oh this is a great neutral space he ended up coming on friday his name is matt i think he still doesn't have a profile picture Matt, get on it because you're awesome. Like this guy was so fun and so cool. I love playing games with him. I think everybody that met him there just fell in love with him. Like it was great. Matt was a hit. (laughs) Yeah, I really enjoyed his company and it was like catching up with an old friend. It felt like it was like normally I'm like really hesitant to talk to people, but I was really chatty for some reason. Yeah, I was impressed because there was a time where I left you and him at the table to, I think, oh, yeah, I, Rob and I went to go, like, grab different games, right? And yeah, you left me. Yeah, because he you came left me with while... a stranger. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> table space is definitely limited there. So it's like you want to keep your somebody there to hold the table. Uh, otherwise, you're going to lose that space and then have to wait for another table to open up, which may or may not happen. So anyways... Uh, but yeah, I came back and you were like, oh, yeah, this was fun. Like it was he was awesome to talk to. Met a stranger from online and it worked out real well. Like we've hung out since and we'll definitely be hanging out again in the future. So, Matt, you're awesome. Your husband's awesome. Like it's it was just great. Uh, and his husband's like not a big gamer. So it's like gamer friends, you know, like, it, yeah, I'm excited. So it worked out. New friends. Friends. So he joined us for Space Base. Uh, so now let's talk about Space Base because this game is, I think, a classic. A lot of people absolutely love it. We played at five players and eventually Rob left and it made it maybe a little bit shorter, but it was taking forever, right? Yeah. Like I was in the lead for a while and then I believe Matt ended up winning. He did. Yeah. And I, I think, yeah, you and I got to 39 points and then I think he scored a, he scored exactly 40 points. I just needed like one more round type thing to score the last points, but uh, couldn't do it. Yeah. It just, are we talking about how we felt about it or how we played the game? Anything, anything you want to, we don't have to spend a whole lot of time on it, but go for it. Say whatever you want to say about it. 
one thing that I thought was interesting is you have your track, I think one, two, it's anyway, it's in order, whatever number it starts with and whatever number it ends with is your track oh, yeah. for rolling the dice. Okay. And you can upgrade those spaces to get better benefits to help you win. As well I as, have, oh, go ahead. Oh, you go ahead. I was just going to say, as well as like when you upgrade a space, you turn the other card upside down. So then you get a passive benefit when somebody else rolls those numbers. Yeah, I thought that was fun. I thought the game was a little too long. Like for me, like I wish it was like a race to 20, like half (laughs) of what we played. Because I feel like after a while, so many times rolling the dice is just not as interesting as it should be. Yeah, like I think there's cool things about it, right? Like you can be gaining benefits during other people's turns. So that keeps you engaged to some degree. Um, But maybe it was because we had five and then four players and it it just was dragging. Like I was, I had fun-ish with it. It was probably one of my least favorite games we played though. And that's no offense to the game necessarily, but like it was just long. It was way too long. It was long. Yeah, I just it was very repetitive for me. And I just feel like I would have liked the game to have ended a little quicker than it did. Yeah, exactly. It it definitely overstayed its welcome. I think if it was if it was like 20, 30 minutes shorter, probably would have been just fine. But it overstayed its welcome by quite a bit. I wonder if we played it just the two of us, if I would have enjoyed it better. Because yeah. I would have had like maybe it was like the waiting between turns and like people picking their cards to upgrade and like yeah it was it was a lot yeah. for what for rolling dice <laughs> yeah yeah exactly well I think with that amount of players too right like because later it gets a little more exciting on other people's turns but especially at the start like you're more than likely not gaining any benefits for a little while during those roles and so it's a lot less engaging and then of course like people would sort of plan their turn but there's so many people between them and their next turn that by the time it came back around to them it was like uh you know they had the cards had completely changed from the recruitment area or maybe they didn't have enough you know they roll bad or whatever and not get what they need so right because you could choose to save your money or spend it and like you're risking like saving your money because someone might buy the card that you are saving up for. Yeah, exactly. So, eh, it was. It was a game. It was a game. Yeah. Sorry. It wasn't bad, but yeah. it wasn't my favorite. Yep, exactly. I would agree with that. So let's, you want to move to the next game? Yep. Okay. Next game, we had a little bit of time Oh, actually, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this next game, we we had a, uh, an appointment, and so we played High Society. Like, we were telling Rob, oh, we need a quick game. Uh, and so he just went and grabbed High Society, which is by... I'm pretty sure I know who it's by, but I just pull it up instead. Reiner Knizia. Kin- uh, artist is Matasso Bielski. Medusa Dollmaker, Wesley Gibbs, Dashi Lee, and six others, and then published by Ra- uh, Ravensburger or Ravensburger, however people say it. Uh, and in this game, it's just, um, well, what? 
almost kind of trick taking type. Well, no bidding. Bidding is the more accurate way to say that. It's so there's a like a tarot sized deck of cards and they have like numbers on them, right? You're just bidding on those essentially. So it's like one through nine. Uh, and then there, I think there's some negative ones. And then there's ones that will double your score. And so somebody just places a bid and you keep going around until only one person is left. And then that person has to pay the bid. Uh, right. Yeah. Oh, and if you were the first one to drop out, wasn't there something you had to take? No. Okay. Never mind. All right. That was when there was like an, a negative benefit. Oh yeah. When it was a negative benefit, you, it was like the first person to pull out takes everything, like takes the negative, takes the card, takes the card. Yeah. But for the most part, they're cards that you want because they give you points. But then you also want to have the most amount of money at the end to win. Yeah. Yeah. So if you have the least amount of money and you have the highest points, it doesn't matter because you you lost. Yeah. Like if you have the lowest money, then you're the poor person, sadly, and you don't win, even though you have like all these fancy, whatever the theme is there, you know, like fancy things to show off, even though you have the highest score. doesn't matter. Uh, On the negative ones, when you would bid the first person to pull out, they got the negative card, but they got to keep their... Wait, no. Everybody else... Then everybody else loses what they bid as well. I think that's right. Yeah. It was an interest. It was a very quick game. The art was presentable on it. I think there's two different editions, and this is the newer... One, it looked pres- it looked cool ish, right? For the theme. Yeah. It was fun bidding on stuff, but also being like, oh, I shouldn't bid too much because I still want to keep my money. Yeah. But it was, yeah, it was, it was like, what was it? Space race? Space base. Yep. That's the one. You thought it overstayed its welcome? No. I just felt like it was a game that I kind of like, it was okay. It was fine. Okay. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Matt won space base. Oh yeah, we did say that because he beat us. Like we were both so close, and then he just like, doink, snagged it. Uh, highest society. We played with Rob's nephew. It was me, Kimmy, Matt, and Rob. So a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. And then I won that one. Eighteen points. I was seven points ahead of the next person, which was Rob's uh, nephew. So there you go. You took third place, though, babe. Did I? Okay. I did okay. Yeah, you did great. Uh, Let's talk about... Oh, so then after that, we went and we played Dungeons & Dragons. I decided to sit out and just watch that round. Yeah. Yep. But you were there. You were helping. You like It was kind of like we were playing together-ish, the same character. You would chimed in on the puzzle. Didn't you solve the puzzle? I solved the puzzle. Yeah, so there was like you know, a word puzzle in there. What's that called where it's like the mixed up letters, like a word jumble? Is that what you would call it? It was one word and then you mix up the letters to make a different word. Is that an anagram? That's what I was thinking what it was called. That was really fun. And we played uh, like our DM was Derek who lives here in Utah and has a podcast called How Not to DM. And his podcast is great. I listened to it 
when I was prepping to do friend info, I was listening to that a lot. And he actually started like the same. I think our episodes launched the same day, even our very first episode. So we've been doing it for about the same amount of time. Derek was awesome. Like we went and got dinner with him after that. Really cool guy. Yeah, we went and we got Thai food and I got an awesome avocado. Oh, yeah. Avocado curry. Uh, curry. It was yeah. delicious. That was a lot of fun. So really cool guy. Playing D&D was really fun. I felt bad because like I love playing rogues. So that's usually what I go for. And it was very like it was a stealth mission for the most part. And so they kept turning to me and I would be like, we'll like, yeah, I'll do this part. But like there were certain times where I had to hand the reins over and be like, I know that I'm like thematically or technically the best at this. But if anybody else wants to just try, it's still just dice rolling. Right. Like, (laughs) um. And it was fun. The These were hour-long sessions that were just kind of meant to teach you certain aspects of the game. Did you enjoy that? Yeah. I mean, I didn't really participate that much, but I enjoyed solving the word puzzle, which is an anagram. Perfect. Then let's go to the next game. We came back and uh, we grabbed a couple of games just for the two of us. We played Gigamons. It was so cute. <laughs> I I saw it in the game library and I'm I'm ninety-nine percent sure it's a kid's game, but I had to play it. Absolutely. It was it was really cute. I was surprised, you know, super, super easy. They're, I mean, they're like these little elemental creatures, right? Is what they were. Oh, I guess I should read the description or the the designer and artists, all that stuff. So you got Gigamons, Karim, Awedad, Joan, Russ, Russell, Rousel. And then the artist is Marie Anne Bonatere. Uh, the publisher is Blue Orange Games and then several other publishers. But uh, yeah, so they're just like these cool little elemental creatures and you're playing a game of memory, right? Like you're flipping over one tile, flipping over another tile. If they match, you get it. And then if you get three matches of them. If you collect three of the same elemental, you get the Gigamon, which is the bigger. A little, it's on a standy and it's just this cute little big elemental creature. Yeah. But the, when it, like creature, it's like definitely very, very cute, right? Like it's. Uh, Absolutely. It was when you get a pair of pairs, you got a special ability depending on the elements that you got. So like, you know, you first match this fire element. Oh, I think they're called Elamons where the small ones. So you get the two Elamons and then later you get two more fire Elamons and then you get to do whatever the fire elements did for you. Maybe that was like take another turn or maybe it was like peek at another, like just take a peek at one. And now you know what that one is, right? They they all had yeah. different. One of the abilities was to put like a rock on a tile so somebody couldn't take it. It was just fun. Like there was fun little silly things for a match three game, right? And so you had to match three to get to turn your Elamons to get the Gigamons. And then once you got once you got three Gigamons, you won the game and uh, you won this game three to two. Yeah, I actually really like this game i don't even know if we could get this game i know i've looked for it and i can't really find it uh to buy so because i thought oh you liked it enough that you would want it so 
I almost want it for my classroom, like as a fast finisher. Like, I think it's just so cute. Oh, yeah, that is cute. Uh, Do you have anything else you want to say about it before we move on to the next one? The artwork was adorable. Very adorable artwork. So the creatures were just little cute things. Next game. Good. Yep. Okay. Renature. This is Michael Kiesling, Wolfgang Kramer, and then artist Dennis Lehausen, and then publisher Deep Print Games. Uh, this one, you're rebuilding nature, I guess, right? Like that, that was kind of the theme of it. You had dominoes. The dominoes had two sides, like dominoes do, and they were animals. So it might be like a bat and a butterfly, a lizard and a turtle, whatever they were. And when you played them, on the board the board was kind of like a it was open ish uh but there were like bushes in the middle right like or like planting areas throughout that were kind of grouped together and then these tracks that you could place your dominoes on and so you're building this pathway of animals and then when you sur- when you play one next to one of these planting areas you can plant a tree of some size or a bush and you score points for even just like for having it in the area once the area is surrounded. Right. Yeah. So the animals go along the stream and the stream like makes a group of places to plant things. Yeah. So like the basic one was something like two, right? Like that was by the starting area. They were, there were just groups of two that you would have. And then they would get bigger and they'd be like four or five. I think the biggest was like 13 or something. And they definitely combo bigger. So it's like if you have a large tree in an area, it's worth X amount of points. But it also like combos with the other ones. Oh, you want the majority. That's part of it, too. Like if you have the majority in that area, you get bonus points. Yeah. For each area that you can plant in, those are points, too. Like there were little tiles inside that you got to take. And then that was added to your points at the end. Yeah. I I thought like aesthetically, this was kind of cool looking, right? You had like the, uh, they weren't like a standee cardboard standees. I think they were actual meeples, like wooden bush meeples, tree meeples, uh, different sizes, stuff, shrubbery, whatever you want to call it. I think there were four different sizes or maybe there were only three. Oh, there was like grass, bush, tree, and then bigger tree. Yeah. And you only got points for your color of shrubbery because there were also neutral colors as well. Yeah. That you could put in to get points during that certain time. But when the area was enclosed altogether, you didn't get points for the neutral colored um, plants. And it didn't count towards your majority, right? So you yeah. you play it, you place it there and then you score using that, but you don't get the rest. You actually get to score everything that's yours when you put it in, I think. So like if there's already if I had two if I was orange and I had two orange grasses in there, and then I put in a white grass, which is like my spare grass one, then I would score three points because I have the two others in there already, plus the new one. Yeah, but you wouldn't get majority with the neutral color. Yeah, and if I had a tree in there and I placed grass in there, I can't score something higher. So when I would play for that round, I'd place that grass, 
I have two grass, one tree. The tree is bigger than the grass, so it can't score the tree again. So, but if I placed a tree of that same size or bigger, then I would get those like three points for the trees, three points for the tree I just placed, uh, two points for the two grass I did. So, like, it gets very point heavy. Uh, you, you end up scoring a lot of points. In the end, I'll tell you, I won this game, but it was fairly close. I was 121 and you were 115. Yeah, I I struggled a little bit with how to score and how to place my plants and trees. Like I really struggled on like, oh, like there's a tree in there. So I need to plant another tree if I want points kind of thing. It was hard for me to keep track. One cool thing is you could, as part of your turn, change which animal was the wild. Yeah, I was going to say that next too. Is There's always one animal that's wild. I can't remember exactly how you did it. If you just... Oh, you could turn in a cloud? Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, like you had like clouds or something. So you had X amount of clouds per game. You could gain them through different placing your tiles on certain tracks, certain places. Uh, and then you could use that to either... You could do like a couple of things with them, but one of the things was change which animal counted as wild. So then if you had a butterfly, you could pair that up with any other butterfly, right? Because they're dominoes. So it's like the lizard has to match with a match with the lizard side. A butterfly has to match with the butterfly size. So it makes it kind of tricky there of like, oh no, I don't have that. But yeah. Yeah. It was cool. I did like that. I've I feel like I would like it better on a second playthrough. And maybe if I had the rules in front of me for scoring. Yeah. But I, I really did struggle with how to get points. It's funny because both of us, when we finished, we were like, that was fun, but I don't think I would play it again. Wouldn't buy it. And then later, I don't know if it was later that night or the next day or something, we were like talking and thinking about it. And it was like, you know what? Actually, maybe I would try it again. Like, it, yeah, it did have interesting things to it. I think it was just a lot to take in and a lot up in the moment, but then letting it ruminate. Yes. Then I was like, OK, maybe I'd play it again. Yeah. And I agreed. Like we both kind of came around to that same decision of like, yeah, I'd be open to trying it again. So uh, kind of cool presentation. The art is it is fine. Right. It's like it's presentable. I thought it's the good. scoring track was adorable. Oh, yeah. And the sunflowers and you move on the sunflowers. I thought that was cute. Yeah, I agree. So, well, uh, do you want to talk any more about this game? Uh, no. Okay. okay. All right. So the final game of Friday night, this is the most the, like Friday was our big game night. So Friday night, Kimmy didn't uh, feel like playing. I think she was getting pretty tired. But Sky and I, we wanted to play another game. And so we played Tiny Towns. And this was my first time playing it. So Sky had played it before. He taught it to me. Uh, and it was, I liked it. Like it was pretty simple to learn. Like there was kind of a lot going into it. But then once you understood it, it was like, oh, yeah, this is pretty, pretty darn easy to get. So uh, I guess real quick, Peter McPherson is the designer, uh, artist. It says Gong Studios and then publisher Alderock Entertainment Group. So AEG again. This game was solid. I liked it. I thought there was a lot of interesting thing, good variability I could see in the future. On your turn, you pretty much have to like take a building, uh, not a building type, but like a building uh, material. And then the other players at the table 
which it was just two of us, would have to take that and then place it anywhere on their grid, which was a four by four, I believe. So it's like, it's not even that much space. But then once you get it in the right pattern, then you can exchange that pattern for a building of that type that fits within where like uh, one of those materials was. And so it created this really cool, interesting puzzle of like, well, where do I want to place that? Because then that'll score, like I might be building a farm that needs uh, to be by a well and that well will score more points when it's next to a farm. And But then how will my next pattern fit if I build this thing here? Maybe I need to save that for later. Like there's just so many kind of cool, clever little layers to it that didn't necessarily feel overly complicated. I didn't necessarily necessarily feel like I was having analysis paralysis for the most part. The trickiest part is that there's so many buildings and just keeping track of which buildings do what. At a certain point, there were some times where I was just like, well, I'm just going to focus on these buildings here. I, I don't know. The art on it was cute, looking good enough. The meeple stuff was fun. It was just like little buildings, different uh, colors and shapes of buildings. And yeah, that's that's really all I got to say about it. I I won. So that was cool, you know. Oh, there was also monuments. Like, I think that's what they were called. So each player had like a hidden monument that they could build and then gain some sort of bonus off of that, uh, which was fun too. Uh, that we had different goals. Go ahead. Do you think it would be a game I would enjoy? Mm, part of me thinks so because it's fairly quick. Like, yeah, you were there. I mean, we played it in what, 15? ish minutes 20 minutes i feel like yeah it was pretty fast i feel like i only completed one word search puzzle oh yeah that's what you were doing while we were doing it (laughs) yeah so uh, there's a part of me that thinks that you might actually like it i've debated getting it since we played it okay yeah fair enough and then we left we walked to our hotel we went to sleep we dreamt of playing games and then we woke up the next day and we played more games right Yep, back at it. Back at it. So Saturday, here we go. We started with a party game. Yep, we started with Wavelength, which we played with a lot of people, right? There were quite a few of us at that yeah. table. Sky's wife had joined that day. So Caroline was there. Sky was there. Matt was back. Uh, Rob, his nephew. And I think that was it. And then. Us. Then us. Yeah. And you just split into teams. So you're given a card that has one side and another side that's like something that's really cold or something that's really hot. Yeah. Like on a scale from cold to hot. And then there's this circular thing and you just randomize where it is, right? Like you, there's this cover that goes over it, it slides over, blocks everything. You rotate this wheel. That's what the circular thing. It's a wheel. (laughs) (laughs) And then you uncover, like whoever has the card, they're going to uncover and look at it. And there is like this five point thing. So uh, there's going to be like two yellows on the very edges, two oranges, a little bit more towards the middle. And then the very center is the gray or blue. I don't know what color exactly. I think it's Um, blue. Yeah. And they're all like touching. So they take up like, like a, an eighth or something of this half of the wheel that's revealed. And you'll have this card that says cold to hot. 
left is cold, hot is right. And then you're looking at this, you know, uh, revealed area and there's a dial on there and you want your team to guess as close to that as possible. So if it was all the way, if it was like mostly to the right or something like uh, you might be like coffee, uh, you know, coffee. And then they would talk amongst each other, guess. And if they get on the yellow, they get like one point. The orange, two points. The green, three points, right? Yeah. So the other team, or your same team, sorry, is moving the dial based on your clue to try and get in that area closest to the highest point area. Yeah. And so they're just like saying like, oh, well... Coffee is pretty hot, but then again, there's iced coffee. Like, and so they're kind of moving that dial back and forth. And when they finally agree, it's revealed where the color section is, and you get points or you don't get points. Yeah. And the other team gets to guess whether they think it's left or right of where the needle is. And if they guess right, I think if they're touching the uh, any of the colors, then they're good. No, no, it's whatever's center, right? So even if they if they got the left orange one and the other team said, I think it's right of that needle, then they get one point for guessing that they were like, they were just barely off. But in, if it's anywhere in the whites, right? Like they still have to guess left or right of where that needle is. Uh, we, our team was Rob, me, Kimmy, and then Rob's nephew. The other team was Matt, Sky, and Caroline. And we totally slaughtered them. It was, oh no, I just looked at the, so you go to 10, but I tracked because we hit the bullseye, I think two or three times. Yeah. We got exactly right two or three times. And uh, so the end score was 12 to two. Oh. Oh no. (laughs) Sorry, friends. I thought it was enjoyable. I think my family would really like that game. And I think it's really good for big groups. Like if you're the clue giver, it's really hard to think of something that fits that criteria and matches that bullseye. So I didn't like being the clue giver. However, I liked guessing. Absolutely. I liked giving clues. I thought it was fun, clever, though, like Caroline, bless her heart, because one of the ones she drew was like underrated, overrated, you know, like some of the cards are really hard, right? Like to the left, underrated to the right overrated there i'm looking at a picture of one online right now that's like dictatorship democracy they aren't just like hot or cold right like some of them you might have to get a little abstract about or uh yeah it's just i thought that was really fascinating i i liked it i think it would be a fun one you know with bigger groups uh definitely like a good family party game absolutely i feel like mine had to do with careers and my clue was engineer. And I was like, oh, I don't know. Oh, yeah, that's right. I do remember that. And I think that somebody at the table might have been an engineer or something. Um, Matt's husband. Oh, that's right. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and I was like, uh, I don't know if I'm doing this right. Yeah, No pressure. You put it like all the way on the like job side, right? All the way. Le- no, I'm just kidding. Not a career. <laughs> this is just a ch- no, no. Uh, oh, by the way, designer Alex Haug, Haug, you, uh, Justin Vickers, Wolfgang Warsh, uh, and then artists Sophie Hannibal and Nanana Nanana Havas, and the publisher Palm Court. Yeah, it was it was good. Good little party game. I agree. 
It, those ones are nice because they're such there's so little overhead to them. Although if you're the clue giver, like there's some thinking required. Absolutely. But I mean, I more so meant like there's little to learn, right? Like, oh, you like can, there's not very many rules. Yeah, you can teach that game in like two minutes. Yeah. All right. Our next game. Oh, my goodness. This one was a. this was <laughs> this is so great. Sky. I think it was his uncle designed this game and it's from 1995. It's one of the things that I think inspired him to be a game designer. And so he brought it. And this game is almost like a, you know, fantasy D&D type setting where you're playing like an RPG without, you know, a DM type thing, but there's just it's like a very large grid of hexagons and squares between some of those hexagons. Actually, is it even a hexagon? I'm trying to look at the picture. I think it might be, though. Anyway. I thought it was somebody going around selling games and his uncle got the game. Oh, no, no, no. This is like... I was, I, I was so... I did not understand. Yeah, this is like <laughs> a personal tie to okay. Sky. So so all those terrible things you said about it. No, oh, no. I'm just kidding. The game is called Talon Guard. Neil Melville is the designer, publisher, Lightning Studios older game like this it was like the character cards and quest cards were just different colors of cardstock uh not like laminated I think they were cardstock i feel like they were just paper no they were a little bit thicker <laughs> they were definitely thicker because they also had okay. like the perforated edges that you could tear right like yeah you probably got this game and they came in sheets and then you would fold and tear them to make the character cards and quest cards and spell cards. There was like so many different categories. It was entertaining as could be to me. Like, you know, you'd, you'd get this character that you start out as and, and that was your leader and they would have stats on there and you would go and you do quests and roll for the quest and add your stats to it. Then you could you'd maybe like gain more spells that you could use and then gain more spells or gain items that you could use or gain new party members and help use them to fight. And there were just all of these things. Uh, our character, I think, was an Amazonian woman. Yes. Yep. Other ones were. Oh man, I can't even remember. You know, like they were just kind of like classic type d d type stuff, you know, like a warrior or whatever. Um, but then one person draw, drew like a creature card, which I guess is totally valid. And then they would look at like the villain deck and then they could choose somebody from like the bad or the creature deck, something like that, which were mainly monsters or of some sort. And uh, I think it was Rob that got this and Rob got the uh, vampire. vampire. Yeah. And so he was a vampire. <laughs> Uh, which was like significantly stronger than anybody else. And then you're just like going around trying to complete one or two quests. But you could only turn them in at a certain spot. Yeah. And you could only pick, you could only pick them up at a certain spot. Oh, something. And it was really hard to get. Yeah. That was our problem. We never even got to the place where we could pick up the, like our main quests that we needed to do because we didn't know exactly at the beginning, you know, that that's where we were going to have to head to. We just picked a random spot, but then there were like other little locations. So we like delved into a crypt and did a little side quest there or 
fought an enemy and then he we got a companion and then our companion died and it was it was a really fun everybody at the table was laughing having fun and even though the game isn't necessarily like mind-blowing amazing uh you know like isn't super high quality or anything uh it was still just a treat like this was it was kind of a highlight for me just because of how much laughter this big group was having we and we had a big group for this too like Kimmy and I, we played on a team together. Uh, there was Caroline, Rob, Rob's nephew, Matt. No, Matt. Did Matt play with this? I don't think Matt played with this on this one. Yeah, yeah, he didn't. I must have marked that wrong. And then there was Tim Fowers from Fowers Games. He played with us. It, yeah, it was just entertaining. Uh, we had to leave at mid-game, but they were kind enough to wait for us. My brother visited me. We ended up calling the game at a certain point. I think Rob definitely would have won. For me, I just love the setup. How it was just like churches, library. I think there was a library. And it was just like, yeah, put them wherever. And put the, there was one place, the place where we had to get quests. And it was wherever we started, we were clear on the opposite side of that. Yeah, I think that there were like two or three of them on the map or something. And one, well, there was only one of them on the map. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway. So like everybody was way more central to it than us. So there was, and the map was not big, small, right? Like, yeah, it was very big. So it would have taken us like several turns to even just get over there. So we were like, well, we might as well do some of these like side quests and try and power up before we get to that main quest area. But everybody else was like, I think nearly everybody else, got there and had a quest at least I, yeah the setup for me was silly like I just I thought that was fun yeah oh, it was just kind of like do whatever put this wherever <laughs> yeah yeah Choose. and a lot of a lot of the rules were like yeah let's just make it this way yeah like yeah use your best judgment <laughs> yeah uh, so yeah it was great I, I think that's good on that one do you have anything else you want to say about it no okay yeah great I'm glad. I'm honestly super glad that Sky brought it. It was it was up there for highlights for just pure entertainment. It definitely brought a lot of laughter to the table. So then after that, we played Paperback and it was the 10th anniversary edition. We were kind of playtesting some new things that were going to be in it. That was really exciting. It, actually, today, the day we're, air, we're recording this, the 10th anniversary edition just launched on Kickstarter along with Typewriter. And he was there playtesting Typewriter. I would have loved to playtest that one. It just time-wise, it didn't work out. So Kimmy and I played on a team on this one. And then there was uh, Caroline, Sky, and Tim. Oh, Tim and Sky were playing on a team as well. I, we had never played Paperback before. I played Paperback Adventures, uh, but not original Paperback. And so in this one, you're using letters to spell words and then whatever word you spell you get so many cents and then you can use those cents the money to gain new letters to add to your your deck right you're building a deck uh, there were also point cards and so you wanted to be buying point cards to to make it so that you had more points right like but then that also like muddies your deck too so if you draw that card it doesn't have a letter on it oh maybe i'm remembering that wrong but i feel like that's right like it muddies your deck and so now you have like this blank card that doesn't use any letters but it is worth five points at the end of the game or whatever it was you know this was a month and a half ago i can't exactly remember the numbers i thought that just that premise great i love word games i love being 
thinky like that kind of thing. And then on top of that, part of the 10th, the, what we were playtesting there was the 10th anniversary aspect, which were genres, I believe is what they were called. I should have looked oh, before yes. we started. Uh, because there was mysteries. There were mysteries. There was, because um, we were mystery. Yeah. I feel and like there was thriller. like horror. I feel like, I feel like Caroline had like literature, fantasy or something like that. Man, yeah, I should have written down exactly what everybody had. That's okay. It was just cool. Like they had different genres and I really liked that aspect. And I, I know it was new uh, and we hadn't played it before, but it just felt like part of the game and it gave you more letters to use. So like, for well, can you see on the picture that I sent you uh, what letters were on there? Oh, there's different categories, right? There were different categories and you were trying to create a word that met a certain criteria to unlock that benefit, right? Yeah. Well, you just had to use the letter. So there's there were two level one spots and then two level two spots. And you had to unlock the level two spots to use the level or level one spots to unlock the level two spots. Um, but you could just use. So like we had crime mystery and there was this thing that said red herring. And so we I think it's R.E. on there. The I think that block is covering it. The little cube. So it would have like two boxes on there. So you could use that twice. R.E. We could add it to any word. So if we had like, oh, gosh, now I'm blinking on words. Like if I ha- if you had tired, you could just be like, well, retired. Like I'm going to throw that at the beginning. And so then you add retired and then you get the like gain two cents and place a, a card like you'll get a benefit. Uh, and you put a cube on one of those two boxes. And then once you get the second cube, you go to the second one. And the second one was way more interesting. I thought we had the most interesting one. Because we would pick a card or we would get like a random highest level card or something most in the expensive area. Right. And then put it underneath this thing. And then on our turn, if we use that, we could like one of the other players would have to look at it and then tell us a word with that letter in it. And then we had to guess which were which letter in that word was it. And if we guessed right, we got it. Later, if we guess, oh, yeah, yeah, like we do it again, and then they have to give us a new word. Uh, and if we get it, we get it. And then I think the third time you just get it. I don't think that there's a third, maybe. Yeah, we never guessed it correctly. Yeah, and then you like earn yeah. points. <laughs> I think you also earn points for it too. Like if you guessed it, you'd get X amount of victory points, a significant amount, which was exciting. I really actually liked it, even though we didn't guess it, it was still very entertaining because it was just like that's silly that was a a fun silly thing i really i enjoyed it i like word games as well i like creating words although when we're on a team <laughs> it's hard because i want to pick i want to spell a certain word and you're like no it has to start with this well so uh, it's, <laughs> yeah. because yeah you get more points or like whatever and i'm just like oh i can spell a word yeah you just go for like spelling the words which probably works out great too like I felt bad, but, you know, I get I get so thinky on word games where I'm like, I want to spell the best word. Oh, we've got, you know, wilds we can use or whatever it is. Like there were certain things that I just got excited about and wanted to optimize the most. And you are much more like reactionary. So us playing on a team on a game like this is definitely not probably the best call. (laughs) We have definitely different strategies. Exactly. Yeah. So I 
I definitely think your enjoyment of it wasn't as much as mine. Not to say it's not fun. Yeah. Like, I still think it was fun. Yeah. I mean, I wanted to win and we did not win. (laughs) Wasn't it Caroline? Yeah. And she won by a significant amount. She won. So her score was 60. Ours was 39. And then uh, Sky and Tim got 44. She had these long words that were like a lot of points or a lot of cents so that she could get more. She's kept, she was amazing at it. She did amazing. So great job to Caroline. You know, big words. <laughs> we do not. <laughs> we do not. No, I mean, Caroline's a writer, right? That, yeah. That's totally why she had an advantage. <laughs> I'm just a measly teacher. <laughs> yeah, I just teach words. <laughs> uh, oh, and by the way, I, I didn't say this, but Tim Fowers is a designer. Artist is Ryan Goldsberry, and then publisher Fowers Games. I totally spaced that. Yeah, and the 10th anniversary launched today. I haven't had time to look through it completely, though a quote from me is on it from based on our play from it. So definitely go check out Paperback's 10th anniversary, and it's comboed with Typewriter, which I think looks really interesting, and I think Kimmy may like even more than Paperback. So I'll have to show you that after we're done recording. And uh, yeah, it's on Kickstarter and I should have looked up the date it ends, but now I don't really have it handy. So just go, just go and look at it. Oh, no. Haha. Right there. It popped up as the very first thing. 16 days to go. So probably by the time this airs, if I get this out this Friday, maybe like roughly, uh, I don't know, 10, 13, 13 or 12 days left on it. Something like that. So definitely time to go check it out. Did you have any? Oh, the art on it, really cute. I, I like the I like Ryan's art on this. Uh, it I just think that it's so fitting for it. It feels very like genre uh, thematic. And when we played, we just played with those like genre cards, those asymmetrical aspects of it, and they were just you know white pieces of paper, uh, prototype stuff. But I know that they're going to have more than that. And I saw that on these, they had instead of the. We just had brown cubes that we put on, but they're going to have actual book cubes. So they look like little novels. It's cute. That's cute. Yeah. I'll have to show it to you later. And then we had to call it a night there because we went to go see Dimitri Martin perform live. And that was really entertaining. We got to meet him in person. He was so nice. Yeah. Like we didn't even get to ask him one question. He was just asking us questions. He was very, very nice. Yeah. Like just seemed genuinely kind and cool and the show was hilarious he's a very funny comedian he's my favorite you should look him up you should look at his stuff especially passive aggressive walker racer race passive aggressive race passive aggressive race i think that's what it is yeah dimitri martin passive aggressive we'll probably find it it looks like a you know they're running track type thing but yeah it is funny all right last day ready yep this one sunday we had some friends that we've been gaming buddies with for a little while now almost a year almost yeah almost a, uh, ugh, almost a year so alethea and derek that's their names i'm sure they wouldn't mind me saying that right i don't think so okay it's too late now uh, too late now can't edit it out <laughs> just put beep and beep <laughs> <laughs> that's their names beep and beep uh and we started off so they've talked about wanting to play dungeons and dragons and i was like well you know like we play friend and foe which is uh bunkers and badasses 
But Dungeons and Dragons, I'm like, oh, I've done it once or twice so I can learn that. Or there's this opportunity to play it here. So the four of us played it there. And there was another person that joined us who it was his first time playing too. Like one of his first time playing. And the five of us played. Uh, I don't remember the, the DM's name, but that's okay. We didn't know him. I'm sure he's not listening to this podcast, but he did a great job. And this one was supposed to be investigation focused, but we took so long on like the combat and also doing little side things and silly interactions. He had to skip the investigation part and we just did the combat. And then he was like, well, good job. You know, like, let's go yeah, back be- and get money. Yeah, it's only an hour. So we took so long with sides things that we didn't get to the main part of the game. Oh, there's this random person over here or oh, there's this different like guild. Let's go let's go talk to them and see if they have information on the people that we're supposed to talk to and make sure that we're getting into some good stuff here, you know. I was also rolling terrible. Oh man, you were. Terribly. So I couldn't do anything. Yeah, I think you missed more than you hit. I think you hit one time and I, it was like three I rounds. I don't even think I hit once. You, Yeah, you were rolling real bad. I felt bad for you. It's fine. I still enjoyed it. Do you remember what your class was? No? It's No. Nope. No? Okay. I do have the sheet somewhere in here, but I'm not going to look for it. right. Oh, actually, literally right in front of me. So here's mine. I have that rogue. I had two rogues. One of them at the table, they named me. I was like, I can't think of a name for an elf, a wood elf. And they were like, Armalus. And I thought that was pretty funny. So I used it instead of Legolas, Armalus. <laughs> and then the next day I was like, oh, let's do Grodney. And then yours was Vivian and you were a rock gnome and you were a wizard. That's right. I do remember being a wizard, a wizard who couldn't do anything. Pretty much. You were missing a lot. That's one of the things I like about B&B is that you very rarely miss. It feels more exciting to me. Yes. Yeah. So then the rest of the day, we played a couple of board games. We played Lotus. Yes, which was really fun. Beautiful artwork. Yep. So Lotus is designed by Jordan Goddard and Mandy Goddard. Artist is Chris Ostrowski. And then the publisher is Renegade Game Studios. The, yeah, the art on this, very cute. We wanted to play it, I think, the year before, and we like kept not being able to. So what it is, is you're trying to build a flower, and your card tells you how many petals the flower has. And so you build that many petals to create the flower. Um, and if you finish the flower, you get all those cards, and you get those points. I was absolute garbage at this. And I'll say the rest of the games, by the way, are played with Aletheia and Derek. So we don't need to go over that every time. Yeah, I could not for the life of me be the one to complete flowers score. Like I'm just can I read the scores now? Give that away right now. I feel like Aletheia. No, it was Derek. Derek, like, kept finishing all the flowers and getting all the points. Or was it Aletheia? It It was was one of the two. It was Aletheia. She was a monster at this game. She was so good. She was so good. Yeah. Like, so my score, 22. Kimmy's, 36. So already 14 point difference, right? And then four points from her to Derek. And then she was 53 points. So she was 13 points ahead of the next person, which would be 31 points ahead of me. Like, (laughs) I was absolutely slaughtered. I could not, for the life of me, get any of 
thing done. But I still had a lot of fun trying to like, you know, get the build flowers. You had different, uh, I don't know what you like bugs. You had these insects that you could put guardians, I think is maybe what they were called. And you would put them out and they would add to your score for the flower. So like if it ended up finishing, if it ended up finishing, you would, you had to have the most points. And so that was like, cool. Uh, But I like, if you had the most points or something, you got to upgrade one of these three abilities. Like there were three tiles that you could get that would Make it so that now your guardian's worth two points instead of one point. Or uh, you get to play two cards instead of one. You get to play an extra card or take an extra card. Something like that. Like increase your hand size. And so I think that's where I fell behind the most is that I could not for the life of me get those upgrades. I really enjoyed it even though I didn't win. I'm sad that we can't find it anywhere to buy because I would enjoy playing that regularly. I think with the four of us, it took maybe roughly 30 minutes-ish, and it was quick. So two of us, probably super quick, and we'd be getting a lot more flowers done, and it'd probably be a little bit more balanced as far as like not having a runaway leader, necessarily. Yeah, exactly. I enjoyed it a lot, though. I thought there was a lot of fun, cool, interesting things going on there. I wish that we could find it to buy. Do you have anything else that you want to add about that? Oh, I liked how on the cards it had an outline of where the next card was placed to create the flower. I thought it was visually pleasing. I agree. Uh, It was funny because I'm going to give Derek a little grief here. He like for the life of him, I think it was near the end of the game that he finally like that clicked into place for him. (laughs) (laughs) But I was just like, no, Derek, no, like he would play something. And I was like, no, it doesn't go that way. Like that is a wonky looking flower. (laughs) And it was entertaining, though. Definitely fun. Obviously, I love playing games with them because we play games with them fairly often. So we do. We do a lot of trash talking, which can be fun. Yeah, it's all in good fun. So for sure. uh, Next game. Ready? Okay, next game, Noctiluca or Noctilica. We don't know how to say it. And the designer is Shem Phillips, artist Brie uh, Linda Linso, publisher Z Man Games. This game was great. I loved it. I really enjoyed this game. However, I did not enjoy being first to play on a game I did not know quite what I was doing. But now that I know how to play, I don't mind being first. Yeah, she was complaining because. I think it's really well done how it's done, but you're at a disadvantage on your first play if you go first because you don't really understand how it works necessarily. And so like uh, you're you have what was it? 12 meeples, 12 pawns. It's only six. You have 12 pawns and you divide them amongst the players evenly. Oh, because for two, it's six. Yeah. Yeah. So like when we were playing four player. We all had three. Yes, that adds up. Four, eight. No, yes. Yeah, three, six, nine, twelve. So we all had three pawns. And so a round was just placing these pawns each. And so the first player places one and they get, there's like a bunch of hexagons and then an island in the middle. And you have to choose, you're placing it like on the shore, the outer shore. And you place it there and you get to choose which of edge of the hexagon. There's two edges it's touching and go straight out from those choose one of those and then say a number 
there's a bunch of dice in each of these hexagons and you get to take each number of uh, that each dice that's showing that number. That was a weird description and I am so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You also have like goal cards. They're little um, containers that capture the little creatures. And then um, it has like two oranges, three greens and a blue. And so you're trying to get those certain colors and put them on your card so you can keep that card. You're collecting Noctiluca. That's what I think it says. And so they're like these cute little, almost jellyfish-like creatures. Yeah. And at the very beginning, you're given a secret card that's a color that you'll get extra points for for however many of that color you get. So there's orange, purple, blue, green. As many, uh, if you have orange, you want to get jars with orange on them because then you score an extra point per orange that you've collected. And it's fun. Like, I I really enjoyed this game. We ended up buying it. Yeah. I will say that setup is a little annoying and that there isn't a dice bag makes the randomization a little harder. We've talked about going online and like trying to find a dice bag i sort of looked around a little bit but i'm not exact i need to like actually measure out how big of a dice bag we would need because it comes with like a clear ziploc baggie but it's not comfortable enough to where you could just like reach in and grab a couple dice out and put them randomly so what we do is just like put them all out yeah we just dump the bag on the board and then start separating them and then put the extras back in the box and then the second round you have to do that all over again so it's like you put five noctiluca which are the dice on the outer rings and on the outer hexagons and then on the inner hexagon you put four and i don't know like i i definitely would feel better about it if there was a dice bag that's my one really big complaint about this is like it should it just should have a dice bag with it especially for how much how many dice there are there's so many and there's so many that you put on the board. Exactly. And then like, you know, first round may not feel like you're, I don't I just, I try not to like look at dice faces or pay attention to the colors, but there's still a part of you that like knows, well, I have orange. So is there a subconscious part of me that's not picking up orange or putting oranges together or something like that? Right. Like, yeah, I, I think what we did is we put the dice out the second time we played and then passed out our gold cards. Yeah. So but then we the weren't. second round, is but the I'm second saying. round you already have your gold cards out. Yeah. So I feel like even subconsciously, like I tried my best not to, I tried to just like sort them by whatever was clustered together, but who knows? Yeah. Yeah. It's hard, but I love the artwork. I think it's super cute. I think the idea and the theme is so fun. Yeah. yeah I really enjoyed it. Even though at the beginning, I had no idea what I was doing. And then I was last player the second round. And then I knew what I was doing. So I got last picks. Yeah. Which was hard (laughs) because then it was like, yeah. Just a little bitter. You had to take from the, (laughs) take whatever was left. Take the scraps. (laughs) Another thing is there are three different types of jars. There's like a red, a brown, and a, like a beige yellowish color yeah i think they're themed like sun moon and star coral coral yeah i think that's right yeah something like (laughs) seashells or something but when you complete a container with 
the red, then you get a red token and you get those points. And whoever has the most red tokens at the end gets the leftover pile of red tokens. Whoever has the brown gets the leftover brown. So you get extra points. But when you take it, so like when you take the first red one, it might only be worth two points. Then you've uncovered the next one and it's worth three points and then three points and then four points and then four and then five. You know, like they build up to eight, I think is the max or something like that. And then when you get the leftover ones, you would think like, oh, well, that's the big points, right? Like the eights leftover. No, you flip it upside down and now it has a one and it's just a silver coin on the back of all of the tiles. They're still one point silver coins. That, that, I thought that was really cool, though, because then like you were shooting for certain jars. You were shooting for jars with your color of Noctiluca that you needed secretly. But also you're shooting to have like the majority there. were. I know you ha- our last game had a lot of red and I was like, I'm not getting red. So I'm going to try for the other two. But who knows? Right. Like, yeah, I felt comfortable in getting one of them, the majority. But the other I didn't. Yeah, I really I really do enjoy it obviously enough to buy it like you liked it yeah i love it i love the bright colors i it's just it's just fun yeah although it is a lot more thinky than i would think it would be (laughs) yeah because it it's one of those things right like calico there's literally only two tiles that you're choosing from but you take those two you take one of those tiles and then place it this one I think there's a lot more to it than that in a way where you're looking at lines of hexagons and being like, well, there's four ones in there. Oh, but one of the ones is a purple and I don't have a purple. So if I take that one, I'm going to have to pass that purple dice on to the next player and then they'll benefit from that. So what's the optimal move that'll benefit me and benefit everyone else the least? It's fascinating. Like it is very, very thinky. Turns take way longer than you expect. There's uh there's two rounds. We each had three turns per round on the four player game, and then in a in a two player game we had six turns per round, so twelve turns total. I yeah, I love this game. Like I feel like it's top for me right now. Cool, nice. That's that's good. Yeah, I don't think that there's much else to say. Oh, scores. Do you want to hear scores? I know I lost. You and Alethea were. Th- 25 points i was 31 and derek was 37 so there you go uh the next game we played you're you're good good to move on i i don't think i played any more games yeah so kimmy was feeling a little under the weather at this point i think a little tired exhausted from the weekend so she sat out for the next two games but they were real small ones i've talked about this one on the podcast before even i think kimmy's even joined in on this conversation before abandon all artichokes Designer Emma Larkins, artist Bonnie Pang, and then publisher Game Right Games. This is my first time actually playing it in person, which was really fun and cute. I had to, you know, I taught them it. it. Took me a minute to like remember the rules, or I've only played on BGA, so like I actually had to know some of the rules a little bit better <laughs> than I normally would. Uh, but I think it was a pretty good success amongst them. It was maybe a little bit, a little struggle here and there on some of the things but it it picked up and that could have been me you know i just learned the i learned lotus and a whole weekend of learning games um and i would you know i taught a few of them a good number of them uh but it was still 
really fun. I liked this and they liked it too. I think, no, we only played the one hand of it. No, did we play two? I think you played two rounds because the first round they were getting used to it and then you played it again. That sounds right. So yeah, the, I mean, this game is just great. It's a, it's a solid game. It's cute. It's really quick, right? Plays in 10, 20 minutes. I, I enjoy it. I don't think there's much else to say about that one. So move on to the next one. Welcome to the dungeon. This is a game that I've wanted to try for so many years. I had it like I had it. It was one of the first or earliest games in my like wish list on like my Amazon wish list of like that's where I keep track of some games uh, that I'm interested in. I don't always buy on Amazon. I rarely buy games on Amazon, actually. So whatever. Don't judge me. The <laughs> the designer is Hisanari Hirako Hiroko uh, Masato Usagi Usugi uh, artist Dimitri Chapui Bastian Grivet Paul Mafoyan Igor Poloshin Masato Usugi uh, publisher ILO Games and Oink Games ILO Games I think is the main one so uh, in this game your it's another kind of bidding one. You've got this uh, this set of equipment and you draw a card, look at it, and then decide whether you're going to continue. Uh, if you want to, you know, like, I think I can still beat this dungeon. And so I'll place this monster in there based on the equipment. And then the next person will do the same thing. They look at the card, place it down and decide whether they're going to fight the jun- dungeon. Uh Next person looks at a card and then they're like, ooh, instead of playing this one, I'm going to get rid of this equipment. So this equipment makes it so that I defeat any odd numbered uh, cards. And I think they're like numbered one through eight, the enemies, or three through eight, something like that. I can't remember exactly. Uh, But like artwork is really cute, really clever. And and so they decide like, I'm still going to fight, but I don't want to fight this monster. And we don't know if they're throwing away like a three to get rid of some really good piece of equipment that could have taken care of the level eight monster or if they're like, it's just, or if they genuinely are like wanting to go through the dungeon. And so then eventually somebody's like, I pull out and then it's just two people going and trying to, you know, bid uh, whether they can make it through. And then somebody else, somebody will pull out and last person who doesn't pull out uh, they have to go and fight the dungeon. Uh, and so they get the equipment cards that are all listed out, and then they have to go and uh, just flip over one at a time and see if they beat the monster or not. Uh, they have like a listed HP part of that's from like the equipment card or from the class. And I think it's, I thought it was really, really fun and entertaining. It was maybe, uh, it wasn't heavy, but I think there was a little bit of like rules confusion or like, Maybe a little brain burn from just doing a couple games of, of you know, like a couple games in the day. Uh, so there was like a little bit of a struggle there. Oh, uh, by the way, Aletheia is the one that won. I think I'm pretty sure we played two games of it. I think that Aletheia won Abandon All Artichokes the first time and then Derek won the next time. Back to Welcome to the Dungeon. I, I really liked the game. I thought it was fun. I thought it was interesting. I would love to play it more. It's pretty cheap, too. So maybe... Maybe I'll just buy it someday. Yeah, I don't know. There's not like a whole lot to say about it. I don't think we really fully played a game. You either go until like somebody doesn't make it through the dungeon twice 
and then you're eliminated or somebody makes it through the dungeon twice or three times. I can't remember exactly what it is. And I, Alethea, I think, had made it through the dungeon at least twice. Maybe she made it through three times and won the, the game. I, I honestly can't remember, but I think that I put Alethea as the winner. So, oh, yeah, I did. She, it says that she won two and we won zero. Whether that's what we were going for was winning two or not, I don't know. But yeah, it was good. I think Alethea liked it too. And Derek was a little bit like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he seemed more on the fence. I don't know if I would like it, but I'd be willing to try it. Maybe if I wasn't so tired that day, but maybe I'd try it. Fair. All right. On that day too, we didn't play games with him, but I did get to meet Dan Throw. I think his name is Space Biff over on Twitter. He writes reviews. He seemed really nice. I wish we got to play a game with him, but you know, we were, I, I was happy to play games with Derek and Alethea too, but I was just like, oh yeah, like I know you from online. So it would have been cool. Uh, but there's that. That finishes up the event. Uh, but a little side thing is that we did uh we got we got two games there kind of um so kimmy won a free game strike and it was just like there were these little raffle or not even raffle tickets they were just tickets put into random attendees badges and she had one of these tickets in her badge uh and it oh you know what i did pull it up so let me actually pull this up strike oh loading loading there we go it is designed by Dieter Nubel, artist Franz Vohwinkel, and the publisher is Ravensburger or Ravensburger. I like saying, saying Ravensburger because it's, you know, raven, a bird, right? I like picturing like a raven eating a burger. It's a golden logo right there. Uh, so in Strike, you have a pool of dice. There's one dice in the tray to start out with, and then you're just rolling this dice. They're numbered two through six. And then there's an X. If you rolled the X, you take it out of the game completely. If you roll anything else, uh, it stays in the arena. And then once you roll the one die, you compare all the dice in there. If there's any matching dice, you take that. You take any matching dice, put it into your pool of dice, and then you pass it on to the next person. And then they roll. If there's no matching dice, they can push their luck and be like, well, I'm going to roll again. Uh, and see if I can't get something. And, and oh, I still don't have anything. All right, I'm going to roll again and see if I can't get anything. And then once you're out of dice, you're out of the game and last player standing wins. I love that uh, the box is your arena. Yeah, that was really and there's cute. like a little pad so that it's not very loud when you roll the dice. That was nice to my ears because otherwise I would have probably been like, okay, I'm done with this game. Too much, <laughs> yeah, because it. it's a plastic insert that has almost like Coliseum style, right? Like there's like little grooves that go down to make it, I think, to make it look like an arena. Yeah. Like those would be where the spectators are. Um, but yeah, that little pad on the bottom was nice. It Because we did, I took it off and then rolled the dice and it was like, oh, that would get annoying. But I I enjoyed it. I actually pushed my luck, which isn't like me. I was like rolling the dice and I was kept going and getting those matches. And then I won. Yep. <laughs> <And> we <laughs> we played this like five minutes before we started 
uh, recording because I was like, oh, let's play this because I wanted to talk about the games that we got too. I sh- maybe I shouldn't have because this is already a very long episode, but that's fine. It's fine. Maybe you could break it into two parts, episode 100 and episode 101. No, that's ridiculous. <laughs> okay. When would that come out? Like in a year? <laughs> Next year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it was just, I thought it was fun. Yeah. Quick, easy, silly, sort of in a way. I mean, not that, I mean, it's not like that silly or anything, but very luck based. But also, like, there were times where I would throw my dice to try and knock over the other dice just to see if I could get them to roll to something else. Because that's also a strategy, I think, in that where like if there was three dice in there and I could get them to roll, what if I got them all to roll over to be threes? Then I would get to pick those up, you know, like it it was fun. I thought there was fun, little clever ish decisions, even though it's still, you know, 95 percent luck. Yeah, I love that you could knock over dice. I felt like I don't know. Took out some aggression, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but you couldn't throw too hard because if any dice landed outside of the box, then They're they were out. out of the game completely. And that's bad. And the X's, right? That was always a bummer. There was times where like, I think there was one time where I knocked over a dice and the dice I rolled was an X or something. So like I lost two dice in that one thing. And I was like, no, <laughs> <laughs> my dice. Yeah, it was fun. You said it could play up to five players. Yeah, I can play up to five players. So like we started with eight dice, but at a five player game, I think everybody has five dice. It was fun. I would play it again. I'm sure we will. When we're not feeling like something with any real thinking strategy, might as well just bust this game out, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, and the dice look great. They're just black dice with white pips. And then the X is cool looking, I guess. Looks like an X on a treasure map or something. It's not cool when you get it. Not cool when you get it. Well, it's funny. It's funny when the other player gets it. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, no, that sucks to be you. <laughs> yeah, Kimmy won that game. And then we got, I just wanted to check if there was like an updated version of this, but I don't think there was a game found campaign, I think. Oh, backer kit, something like that for Fugitive which is a two-player card game. And this is designed by Tim Fowers, artist Ryan Goldsbury, and publisher Fowers Games. So Tim was there. We played two games with him while we were there. Tim's awesome. Just super duper nice guy. I had backed Run, which is another game, and then Fugitive, a like a new edition of it that comes with like PVC cards, some updated art. I, I think it was updated art at least. And some other like fun little additions that you can do with it. And so he gotten a couple of the games in early uh, and he was like, well, oh, hey, I actually got this. I can give it to you here and then I can just mark it as like a completed, you know, that part completed. So I'll still get run later. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I'll definitely do that. We played it a couple of weeks later. I really enjoyed it. One place, one person plays as the fugitive. One person plays as the marshal. It's a deck one through 42. You start with cards one through three, and then you're going to draw a couple of other cards. I think it's like three or four, and there's different tiers. So there's like, I don't remember exactly the numbers, but it's like one through 16 are on foot. 17 through 30 are in a car. 31 through 41 are the uh, plane. And then 42 is the escape. You can only go up 
three cards at a time. So there's like zero starting out. So the first card you're going to play is probably going to be one, two, or three. And that's your hideout. And then the marshal has to guess what it is. But I think your very first time you play it, you you get to play two hideouts. And then the marshal can guess once. And if they guess right, then they flip over that card. They have this tracker sheet that uh, dry erase and you can mark off what you've guessed or you get to draw cards as well. So you can eliminate numbers that way and start deductive reasoning like what's left on there. Uh, And then what was there was something else. Oh, you can run if you're like you can sprint if you're the fugitive so that you can go beyond those three cards. So if Kimmy like played a three uh, and then she had like an eight, she could play a card underneath that next hideout so that she could go up to like seven or eight if it had two fit footprints on it. I know I'm not making this sound necessarily like exciting or maybe I am or maybe like maybe I'm a little dry about it, but I really was entertained with this. Like I think the artwork was really, really cool. I think I just felt bad because I was describing it so poorly, (laughs) (laughs) but it was fun. Like it was it goes pretty fast. There was like a lot of math stuff. You were a little tired. So that was a little bit of a struggle because you were playing as the fugitive. Yeah, it was the sprinting was hard for me. Because you place the number that you wanted, say it was like 18. And then I could, if I had two foot, feet, footprints. Footprints. <laughs> feet prints, yeah. Feet prints. I was going to say two feet. Two feeties. <laughs> then I could go extra two. And then if I had another card with one footprint, I could go three above that. It was interesting because I was doing it like, like literally like three numbers ahead of the number I place when you could fib and like put four footprints down and only go three above. Yeah. So there was like, there's definitely some like bluffing that you can do there. And you were definitely taking like, I definitely told you that I remember telling you that in the rules explanation, but there was also a lot of other things probably on your mind and, and not fully understanding how it was. Like if I had explained it after you did one or two sprint, I think it would have clicked better for you. Uh, the game, I like, I really enjoyed the game though. I think the art like Ryan Goldsberry's art is just cool. It's always cool. It's always stylish. I thought the gameplay was fun. I would love to play as the fugitive. See how I do. I can see playing it very, very differently, right? Like each time trying something new or like trying to throw off your, the other person. Um, like, so when you sprint, you're putting those cards underneath. So if it was number 15 and you had put like three cards underneath, when I reveal it, then I get to see all those sprint cards as well. So I get to all of a sudden check off a bunch of numbers. So generally, Kimmy was doing a really good job because I don't think she ever used a sprint card above her number to sprint. She was always using... So if she was like, you know, sprinting from 20, she was always using 19 or below to sprint. So then when I got those cards, it was like, cool, these are useless information for me. Like, Yes, I did that on purpose because if I drew a card that was higher, then I could use it. If I drew a card that was lower, then I used it as a sprint. Which made perfect sense. Kimmy ended up winning just barely because it was what? No, what? No, I won. I won super well. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) okay. So when if she gets to the escape part before I get to like number 28 or something like that or 32 I can't remember exactly what it is then I get to go on a manhunt and what that means is that I can guess one at a time uh, what the next number is if I'm right flip it over 
And I guessed like two or three right. And then it was the last the last one before 42. And I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, it's one of these two numbers. And part of me thought like, well, she's trying to be tricky. And she wasn't. She was just trying to get there as soon as possible. <laughs> uh, and so I totally messed that one up. Because <laughs> I thought she was sneaking. I wasn't. I wasn't being sneaky at all. And if you knew my strategy and what I was doing, I would have been caught a lot sooner. Well, and that's one of the fun things that I was starting to get to. But then I felt like I was being really boring in how I was talking about it was that as the marshal, when I guess I could guess the one at a time on my turn, I'm going to draw a card. Great. I now know she doesn't have that card. So now I can guess one or I can guess multiple. So if I'm already like, I'm 99% sure that this card is an eight. So I might as well just say like, I'm going to guess multiple and I'll be like, you have an eight. And then the next one is a 10. And then if it's an eight uh, and a 10, then I get to flip over both of them at the same time. But let's say that it was an eight and 11, then none of them get revealed and I don't get any information. So I, and I can guess as many as I want. So if I'm like, well, that's probably an eight. That one's probably an 11. That one's probably a 12. Let's do it. You know, like 8, 11, 12. And then if I got all of them right, then they all get flipped over. If I got even one of them wrong, none of them get flipped over. So I think that's kind of like a fun push your luck thing from my side of it. Um, I only used that maybe like once or twice. So I was definitely falling behind. Uh, as far as the guessing goes, but you definitely need to do that in order to catch up. But yeah, I, I really like that. There was shifts cards. So if you wanted to play like a series of three games or five games or something, you get these shift cards that give you special abilities, a good way to mix up the game. What did you think of the game? I liked it. I feel like a second time I would make different choices or maybe I'd make the same choice and just throw you off. Yeah, <laughs> that would I'm throw me tell off. tell you my strategy. Yeah. Yeah, don't. Uh, <laughs> I know that. So the PVC cards, this is our first time ever playing with PVC cards. My first time really touching them. And they are really, really interesting. I think that I like them for the most part, but it's also like they just feel way different than you would expect. And so I know that you didn't necessarily love that. Well, the thing I didn't love is when I dropped a card on the ground, I have long nails and <laughs> I couldn't, it doesn't, those cards don't bend. So like when I was trying to pick it up, I could not for the life of me pick up that card because yeah. they don't bend. But that's the funny thing is that they are designed to be bent and then returned to its shape. So like me, I'm very OCD and I have a reputation in Kimmy's family of like shuffling cards certain ways or like people will do the bridge and it bends cards. It does. Nobody does that without bending it. Uh, so like I specifically learned ways to like shuffle. It does exactly the same thing, except it's less fancy looking, but it doesn't bend any of the cards. So like I'm a little OCD about that kind of thing. So it would be perfect for a game like this, right? Like or like a game where you need to shuffle. Uh, oh, man, if a deck builder had this and then you had to like shuffle the cards at the end, that would be beautiful because then you know that they aren't going to bend. Like they, they always do the pictures, the little videos showing like them bending the card pretty much back so that like the top and bottoms are touching and then let it go. And it like snaps right back into form, no crease or anything. It's impressive. Well, they're also, I feel like they're more slip. Oh no, they definitely are. That was one of the things they're way more slippery too. I don't 
don't think so because they have kind of a grip to them because they kind of have like a texture. I have them right here. It's just right by my desk because it's a very small box, which I also love. Oh, 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 no, they totally are. Like I'm trying to grab it out and then I grabbed it. The deck just slipped underneath them. This is such a small complaint about it. I actually really loved the game and I'm making it. I feel like I made this way too big of a deal Um, (laughs) because I like the PVC. I like the cards. I like the game. I like the PVC aspect of it. Um, But there was just like every once in a while I would get a little frustrated like, whoa, you know, like they would just slip. It's a it, when your hand gets bigger, it's harder to hold all those cards because there's not a limit to your hand. You just continually draw each turn. And you're playing cards, so like if you're sprinting or bluffing with your sprints, then at least you're you're using cards and reducing your card size. But and for me, when I draw a card, I just draw a card, mark it off, and then I don't ever have to look at it again. But I I would agree that it's such a small small issue. <laughs> And yes. the game is fine. The game is good. <laughs> yeah, definitely. This It is so microscopic. And I think that most people... Well, I think the reason I bring that up is because every time I hear people talking about the PVC card, I think they got hyped up in my head because I always hear people talking about how incredible they are. And for somebody who's OCD, the idea of if somebody got one of these cards sticky, I know I could probably just take water and clean it right up. You know, like a little paper towel and water would clean it i don't have to worry about people playing them like hard or bending them like the little bit of slipperiness is totally worth it for me (laughs) it's such a minor thing so yeah i do love the pvc i hope to see a lot more games using it if they're greener or something i don't know like I was going to say, if they are like a green, greener material, I'd say continue using them. If they aren't, then let's find a better solution. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there we go. Fugitive. I, yeah, I really liked it. Art, great. Gameplay, great. I want to play the Fugitive soon. I just, I don't know if I'd be good as the Marshall. It's different. Yeah. It's thinky in a different way. So we talked about that for a while. Sorry. Yeah. I was a little bit longer than I meant to. Uh, there we go. That was SaltCon and then SaltCon after because they were like games like we got at SaltCon. Technically, I picked up Burgle Brothers 2, which is also a Tim Fowers game. I haven't played it by myself or here at home yet, but I did last night sticker the meeples and stuff. I have played the game before. That was really fun. Yeah. The first time I met Tim, he was demoing or he was like at ProtoCon and was playtesting Burgle Brothers 2 just after the Kickstarter finished. Yeah, a fun little story. I talked to him there. He was super nice there too. He's just a nice guy. Should I go on about Tim being awesome? <laughs> <laughs> you can if you want. It's your podcast. No, no, we're good. <laughs> oh, I do want to say something about Burgle Brothers 2. 2. Okay. Because it's the casino, right? Yeah. The heist. Yes. The flooring like looks like a casino floor. Oh. Like it's just... <laughs> I just love it so much. It just it's got that nasty vibe happening, but it's perfect. I know. Like they are neoprene mats, which are great for picking up cards and like texture and everything. I love neoprene mats, but they look like they look like casino floor carpet. It's not that they actually even are nasty or anything. It's not like there's any stains printed on them. They look clean, but they just But it's like that feel like, yeah. oh, I'm in a casino. 
Yeah, exactly. Like I even last night as I pulled it out of there, I was just like, oh, like I kind of have that like almost icky feeling, but in like a nostalgia way. Yeah. Like it's really, really fun. I yeah, I love the theme. I love it. Yeah, they I think that's one of the really cool things that Fowers does is I think he does a great job with making sure a lot of things are thematic. I probably want I loved the like two level table, you know, like thing of um there's the first floor and second floor and they they have it. So like the box turns into a table so that you can put the second floor above the first floor. We played it that way. I don't think I would play it that way most of the time, just because it is, it was like a little bit tricky to like look up and down. Just, I might just put them next to each other. Although table space wise too, that, I don't know. Like I'm looking at the, I play on a card table sometimes and it's not a whole lot of space. That might be perfect for that. Cause then I can just have less space there anyway yeah I, I'm, I'm really excited to dive into that dive into our own copy we played it with sky and caroline uh the first time and we did win we we beat it it was a really 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 close one but we did it it was fun did we get some moon boots because of it or we used moon boots yeah i think that was the thing the gravity boots gravity boots yeah and that, that's the cool thing about that game is that it's we're, we'll probably we might do like a review episode of some games or something Kim, so uh, going forward here, uh, I think that there's a good chance that really soon I'll be switching to seasons. Part of that reason is so that I don't have to be rushed uh, or like feel pressured to get guests every week and, and not burn out. I don't want to stop doing the board game community show. I wasn't necessarily burned out before, but I was getting stressed uh, a couple of times and getting some anxiety about getting new guests or uh, feeling like, oh, if I have old guests on, am I not doing a you know good enough job here? So I've talked to Kimmy about doing reviews. So we'll probably do some reviews of games we play. So hopefully you like hearing from me, I guess. Yeah, if not, oh, well, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> you do care. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I really don't. If they don't like hearing from you, you're my wife, you're priority. <laughs> Okay, okay. You just have to deal with it, okay? But yeah, we'll probably doing be doing reviews. I don't mean that in a mean way to listeners either. Like if, I think they just when you've been on when you've been on in the past, people have commented how they really like our back and forth. So, yeah. You don't want to say anything? Just gonna I'm leave. not giving you that back and forth. Yeah, I'm just exactly. Leaving you hanging. There now. There's that awkward silence. So if we do reviews, then we might just do like things like this. Obviously, significantly shorter. Maybe shoot for like, well, just however long it takes to review a a game. I'll probably come up with some sort of acronym. Phil on Organized Fun has frag, so I wanted to come up with something uh, somewhat similar that we could review games based on. Maybe we come up with that together, and then we'll just talk about games and rate them and and do reviews together here on the board game community show and it, i'm justifying it because my wife is my community so she's part of my board game community show and anything we talk about is related to community and games are related to community it's fine okay and then interviews i'll probably start collecting quite a few and then put them out in not in batches but like i'll you know i'll start a season and then it'll be like an episode a week for 12 weeks or 20 weeks or something i'm not exactly sure on that i haven't solidified what i think will be a full season 
it'll just kind of help with burnout. So hopefully you guys don't mind. Hopefully all y'all came back after this two month break and enjoyed this super long return. 100 episodes is no small feat. And I'm very proud of that. I'm sad that it took this long, but you know, being sick and all that wasn't, uh, wasn't helping. So uh, I think that's just about it. I do want to say that I, I feel bad because part of this has put me behind on editing some other things that I've recorded. I've recorded several things. So I recorded a bunch of interviews with people from that participated in Protospiel Online last time, but their next Protospiel Online is happening really soon. And if this comes out when I hope it comes out, which would be April, the Friday after April 18th, whatever day that is, then the Monday after is the last day. Protospiel Online badges are on, uh, on sale. Uh, there's like the early bird pricing. So go to protospiel.online and you can participate in the next uh, Protospiel Online and play some new games. There's so many amazing designers that participate in it. There's cool channels. Whether you're a designer or a player, you can just go and have fun. It, it really is such a cool event. And the next event starts on May 5th and goes until May 7th. And I can't emphasize enough how much fun it is. So be sure to go check it out. There'll be a link in the episode description. Other than that, well, and then I tease some other things. Phil and I continue our play of BGA games alphabetically. And then after that, maybe before that, actually, I don't know what order that'll come in, but there is a game called Loam and it is from Cardboard Revolution. It's uh, Tim Lampasona and then Max. Oh, no, I can't remember his name. Ha- uh, Ham. Um, sorry, Max, that I'm blanking your name in the moment. Uh, but anyway, two of them, they taught Phil and I how to play it. We played it together. And then we talked about it. And so you'll get kind of like a little teaser uh, and some thoughts on it. Phil and I, but just a spoiler straight up is that Phil and I really, really enjoyed the game. And the game is kind of like what I focus on on work. For work, I sell a product that helps. My dad developed it. It helps to improve soil health. We use microbes, a lot of different microbes to help just improve soil health for like farms, lawns, gardens. So if you want to buy that if you want to support me and the show and you have a lawn or a garden or a farm then go to rsbacktofeed.com and you can buy some stuff uh you can message me too and if you want and i can probably give you a promo code i can definitely give you a promo code i just don't know what percentage or anything it'll be right now i need to go look at all that uh (laughs) so there you go yeah there's a little sponsor i'm sponsoring myself help support the show and just me as a human being. Right, babe? Yeah, put yourself out there. She's so hungry. I can't feed her. <laughs> I'm starving. <laughs> Please, sir, would you buy some back to feed? <laughs> rsbacktofeed.com. <laughs> well, thank you so much, babe. I don't know if you want to talk about your exciting thing or save that for another episode. It's up to you. I mean, this episode's rather long, so I can save it. Okay, I'm sorry. I Yeah, we, we definitely went way, way longer than I planned. Um, but thank you. Thank you for being willing to do this for me. Yeah, it was fun. Now she's going to sing happy birthday to close it out. That's not happening. <laughs> that is fair. <laughs> 
you link my stuff in the episode description, right? Yeah. Yeah. What do you okay. want people to know, though? Oh, you could just follow me on Twitter. At? At, at Faye Kimberly. But Kimberly is spelled, that's F-A-Y-E-K-Y-M-B-E-R-L-E-E. You got it. You can follow her there. Of course, I'll tag her in the posts about this episode, and I'll link it in the episode description. So I love you, hon. Thanks for doing this with me. I'm looking forward to reviewing more games. Obviously, it'll be significantly shorter than this because it'll be one game focused, and it'll be a lot more like recent that we talk about it instead of waiting like a month and a half (laughs) yeah it'll be a lot easier and yeah fluid yeah hey this is our episode one this is the episode 100 so it's gonna be big and long yeah Woo! all right thanks yeah bye right yeah bye until next time keep nerding out was i supposed to say that with you 100 no (laughs) 